Good air Shabbos, dear friends. We are in Parshas Vayetze. Yaakovinu is going to be traveling to find his, wa- his wife, his family, by his uncle Lovan. The Parsha starts off with Vayetze Yaakov mi Beersheva v'hala Harana. Yaakov left Beersheva and went to, Har- to Haran. So Rashi's bothered. Chazal bothered. Why does the Torah have to stress that he left Beersheva? Um, we know where he'd been living until now. So as long as you tell me that he went to Haran, I'll, that'll be good enough. So two questions. Why tell me at all that he left anything? You just say he went to Haran without saying he left. And even if you do have to tell me he left, why tell me that he left Beersheva? Um, both of those seem to be unnecessary. So the so the Midrash Breshis Rabbah on the spot says, what does it mean he left, the Yaakov left from Beersheva? That he said, I'm going to leave quickly now so that Avimelech shouldn't come to me and make me take an oath of um, alliance, of um, mutual um, non-aggression pact, um, the way that he made Avraham take and the way that he made Yitzhak take such an oath. Um, because if I am going to take such an oath, I know, um, seemingly Baruch HaKodesh, um, or at least in the, through Chochmah, um, I know that this will cause a delay for my uh, great-grandchildren, for, for, for Bnei Yisrael, a delay of an extra seven generations to come into Eretz Yisrael. In fact, we know that the same Midrash B'rish Yisraba, uh, it's actually quoted in, in Misul Sisharim, in the Prokeman Zahirus, says that Avram Avinu was punished um, for having made a pact with Adibelech, punished that his, his children's children would uh, would be delayed coming in there to show by seven generations. So Yaakov didn't want that to happen, so he left. Uh, so he so he left from Be'er Sheva, and so obviously this is a drush over here that Rabbi Yehuda is making on the words Be'er Sheva, that Be'er Sheva the the seven the seven um, you know, the the Be'er of uh, Shvua uh, of, of the oath and uh, and also. Um, there would be specifically for uh, a delay of seven generations. So that's what Yaakov left that. He left that trap of having to make this oath that would um, prevent his children from, from coming into Israel, from conquering Israel, and he went to Haran. And you know, the, the, the obvious question is, um, 
is is there no possibility to live in Be'er Sheva and not make the oath uh, with Avimelech, or you know even even if even if he's going to make an oath with, with Avimelech, is is it directly dependent on being in Be'er Sheva? What if he relocated to another local city, um, which is not called Be'er Sheva? Meaning the the midrash seems to be tying it to the name of the place, the the Be'er Sheva, the place of the oath, the the oath, the place that made people made oaths, specifically seven generation delay. The midrash goes on lists a number of other negative consequences. Yaakovino wanted to offset that uh, Yaakov was afraid to stay in Beersheba because Esav would start accusing him of having stolen the brachas and uh, and so Yaakovinu would lose the oath that Esav had made for him this, this again the, the word uh, Shvua uh, like Yaakov said to him he shavali hayom swear to me today that you're going to sell to me the Bechorah so Isa would, would start coming up with pretexts and legal arguments and take him to court and uh, ultimately get out of the sale of the Bechorah that he had made. So, so again, that would have been a, that's connected directly to the word Be'er Sheva, to the name, uh, the well of, of the oath. Um, and uh, so Yaakov is looking to leave that. So why why is it so dependent on the name of the city? Isn't it just dependent on kind of being local, or staying around? If the city would have been named something else, maybe wouldn't you still have all those same problems? That's uh, that's the question that we have. Um, then we continue. Yaakovinu uh, comes to. We're going to put those questions aside. We're going to go look at another part of the Parsha and uh, ask some more questions over there. So Yaakovinu comes to Lavan and uh, he sees Rachel and he loves her. So Lavan says, why should you work for free? You're, you're, you might, you've been, I've been making you work for free this whole time. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I should pay you something. So Yaakov says to Lavan, um, I'll I'll work for you for seven years for Rachel, your daughter. And not only did he say that, and Lavan, of course, grabs grabs that offer, but the Pesach goes on to say that the the seven years were in his eyes ka'achadim, like a... like like one like single like singles means uh, like very um, the time went by very quickly um, it was um, it seemed like maybe uh, a year something something much smaller um, and then and then when the time was up Yaakov said okay yeah I've I've worked my time I've filled out my days um, give me Rachel and I will come to her. I will, maybe I will, um, 
have relations with her. The the obvious glaring questions on these psukim are number one, why did Yaakov offer to work for so long right off the bat? Uh he asked the question, right? Is listen say something more reasonable like a year or you know, something uh, that's not so crazy seven years okay, if, if Lalan pushes you no give me five years so you can tell him back okay three years you know, something like that but, but to just come out right away with a seven year figure that's a very it's a very high number Lalan probably like fell out of his chair when he heard such a number why did Yaakov come in high bowling like that um that's number one. Number two, obviously, why specifically seven years? Then uh, why a person who's in love um, and he has to wait longer and longer to be with his loved one, that would seem to be uh, something that should be much longer. It would seem, they should seem to him much longer than, than really it is. You imagine a, a lovesick uh you know, Romeo, and he has to wait for one day to see Juliet, right? That's, that feels to him like eternity. Every moment that passes by is so long. When, when, when is it going to happen already? And here, the seven years um, seem to go by so quickly because of his love for her. What's going on over here? And finally, the obvious question is, why did Yaakov speak the way that he did um, seemingly so bluntly and maybe even uh, crudely about um, taking Rachel, um, what, was he not concerned that um, you know, that's going to cause a certain level of Chil uh, So the the midrash says that. There's there's a pasuk in Kahelis that helps us to see this story in a new light. Uh, pun intended, as you'll see in a second. Uh, the pasuk in Kahelis, Parakalif, pasuk Hey says, the Hashemesh and the sun um, shone means. Uh, Rose, the sunrise uh, rose and and and, and shone, uboshemish, and, and then the sun sets. Vel makomo shoev zorach husham, and to its place it um, goes, and it shines there. So okay, so I guess uh, just uh, retelling us, uh, just telling us about the movements of the of the sun. But the Midrash understands that this is actually speaking about Yaakov Inu. Zarka Shemesh, the sun shone, that's talking about Yaakov Inu in Be'er Sheva. Be'er Sheva is the place where Yaakov Inu was sitting and he was learning each time Yoshev Oyelim, that uh, he, was, he, was, uh, he was learning and he was shining like a sun. Like Rashi says, that when, when, when he left uh, when he left Beersheba, so to a certain extent, its radiance left with him. So he was shining there like the sun. Um, and, and yet, Ubo Shemesh, Bo Shemesh is that when he left, and he, he left, not only he was shining for the place, but, so to speak, the Beersheba was a place of his spiritual thriving. 
It was a place where he was shining, where he was growing tremendously spiritually. And he left that place. And the sun set, like, uh, like the Pasuk says, Vayalan Sham Yaakov lay down to sleep over there and, and on the way um, after having left Be'er Sheva because the sun had set. So there's an allusion to Bo Shemesh, the sun set, the son of Yaakov set to a certain extent. Vel Mokomo Shoyev Zorach, but then to his place he comes back and he and he shines again. That's talking about the newly discovered um, closest to Hashem, the Yaakovinu has when he sees you know, the, 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 the ladder uh, set up and, and, uh, to the heavens and he has his prophecy and this is uh, he, 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 he's gonna he's striving now to come back to that place and to, and to shine again so according to this Midrash we could say that the we have here an unbelievably beautiful idea we have here Yaakov Avinu is in a place called Beersheva Be'er Sheva is, is the well. The well is the place where all that wonderful fresh water is. It, it's, it's a well, it's a storage place. It's a place where, where you have tremendous depths. Um, and that's a situation of, of Zarah Hashem. It's a place where, where Yaakov was shining. He was in Yeshiva. He was, he was growing. Why would a person ever want to leave that place? And instead, go into a place of darkness, as a situation of Bo of Bo Shemesh, and the sun sets. The answer is because if you never leave, you're obviously never going to go. You're never going to find your wife, Rachel, over there, and a person is not going to be expressed in the world. If a person stays in the good, he'll never get to the great. As to, uh, he stays in a world of, of theoretical, of of uh, of being in, in in the womb, in the cocoon, in a, in a sheltered environment. So he's automatically, as wonderful as it is, but he's forfeiting the expression of all that greatness into the physical world, and that's what it means that Avimelech would have come and made him take an oath of allegiance, it means because, listen, you're living in my land, you're kind of under my protection, so, okay, so if you want to sit here in Beersheva and keep on learning, so you're in potential, you're not working to express uh, your ideas in the world, so then you forfeit those ideas, you forfeit the control of the world to Avimelech, so he said. So then, okay. So you have to admit to him that you're not going to take over, you're not going to take over his land. Same thing with Asaph. Asaph is a person. He's out in the world. He's he's doing. <laughs> if Yaakovinu stays in Beersheva, stays as that as that shining sun, as wonderful as that is, but he's not going to be able to retain that Bechora. So, so rather he has to leave Beersheva. And he has to go to find Basheva. Now, Basheva is a girl's name. It was the name of David Amalek's wife. But the truth is that in the Sarmak Doshim, Rachel 
is also referred to as Bas Sheva. And uh, the reason is very clearly over here. The Yaakovin understood that Rachel was worth seven years worth of work. Bas Sheva. She was the daughter of seven. She's the result of seven years of toil. That's Rachel. So you're going to tell me where So he left Be'er Sheva to went and he, he went to find Bas Sheva. So what did he win? The answer is he won everything. Be'er Sheva is the source. It's the place where I can draw seven uh, buckets worth of fresh water. That's the Be'er Sheva. The, the well of seven. The well where I can draw seven buckets worth of fresh water. And then I can use that water that I drew to go and to water Rachel, to, 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 to go and to work in the world for seven years. Meaning, Be'er Sheva is the source. It's the, imagine, you, you spend seven years in Yeshiva, and then you're ready to go out and spend seven years to, I don't know, whatever it is, build, building up the world and whatever is, is your vision, right? Once you've drawn enough wisdom to be like like the like the Kel says, Zara Hashemesh, that the, the sun was shining, then it can go into a darker state of Bo Hashemesh, so as to express that wisdom in the world of working for Bas for for the Bas Sheva for Rachel to get her to be your wife. That's taking that wisdom in the which was in potential and bringing it out into the world and finding expression for it that's of course why Yaakovinu was doing it besimcha all those years is, is this wasn't the, the years seemed to him very short because it wasn't a countdown right? everyone comments on the during Shavuos we don't count down towards from, from Pesach to Shavuos we count up because Counting down means I'm getting rid of time. There's a time is staying in my way. Oh no, another minute. Oh no, another hour. Oh, when is it going to be over already? So then, yes, then it's, it feels like forever. Um, and that's because the time I wish wasn't here. And, uh, and, and rather, I could just have fulfilled my taiva already. But with Yaakov, you know, it wasn't based on a taiva. His, his, uh, his, Seven years was, number one, obviously on the Poshib Shat level, to show the tremendous value he had for Rachel Amenu. Can you imagine how she felt about him? That he thinks I'm worth seven years of work. He's willing to work for seven years to have me as a wife. That's unbelievable. That's a treasure that she carried with her for the rest of her life. Right? And uh, so for Yaakov, th- these seven years were seven years of expressing in the world his wisdom and his amuna and all unified that's what that's what the, the word ahadim the, the 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 seven years were all unified since they're all unified they're all towards one purpose it's not just moments that are all scale oh, i can't wait to pass have this moment pass by and i'm glad i slept a little bit longer so i got rid of that moment no they're all necessary they're all unified in his mission towards being a man who is fit to take Rachel for a wife, that's why they all seem so short. And, and uh, of course, a person who has the, 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 the 
Chorum Kedoshim say that the reason why Yaakov Inubidavka did it like this, seven years, is to show the wisdom the, the, of uh, his desire to take Rachel. It wasn't a physical lust, which, of course, a person is going to want to make as little the time as little as possible, but rather it was to express the understanding of how great she is and how hush of she is, so that is a person who is not running after lust, but he's running after greatness. So maybe we could say that that's why Yaakovina wasn't afraid of being misunderstood. He could speak his mind, because anyone with half of a brain understands this man is not going after his lust. He's waited for seven years. This, is, this man is looking to build a family. He's looking to do something great with Rachel Emenu. That, that's a, a lesson for us here is that Yaakov was in a position of great. He was in Beersheba. He was sitting and learning, and he understood that he needed to go from from good, from position of good to a position of great. And the way you do it is that you have to go from good to not so good, so that you can go to great. That's what the Pasuk and Kahalos is teaching us of Uba Shemesh, Vizarach Hashemesh, the sun was shining, and then it sets, Ubo Shemesh, and what's that all for? Velmokomo Shoev Zorach, Husham, and he yearns to come back to his place, and there he shines. That's, that's the process of expressing his greatness into the world. Uh, Hashem, we should all be Zohar to have that period on a microcosmic level every day of sitting down and learning and connecting to something great, connected to that Be'er Sheva, but then not being afraid to go out and to find that Basha, to find that opportunity to be Mekadish, Shem Shemaim in the world, and to express our Amuna and change the world for the better. Good Shabbos to everyone.